Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Roger Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Roger. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. We have a monster, monster show. Ton of stuff we got to get to. We have two Russells in the news and I'm going to see how many times you screw them up. Because yeah. your favorite is the crossover of Russell Wilson and Russell Westbrook. Sure. So I have a feeling we're both going to do it at some point. Out. Both of those guys are in the news for different reasons. Uh, the AAF has suspended operations. What does that mean? Are the Raiders in the market for a QB? And most importantly, to finish off the show, my favorite segment, we have a sneaker showdown. Oh, that's going to be to end the show. Oh, yeah, to end, end the, show. the show. Yeah, we can't Fair start enough. the show. we got to save that, like a tease. We save that for the end of the show. I want to ask you a quick question off yeah. the top. Cause what you got? You, you, t- you talked about the kid, uh, Trey Turner, yeah. like breaking his finger. Yep. When you're asked to bunt, right, yeah. and something goes wrong with the bunt and you get hurt, is there a resentment level for them for for whoever asked you to bunt? Yes, there uh, there would be. My hunch yeah. is that Trey Turner was probably doing it on his own okay. to try to get a base hit. Right. I don't think it was a because he's a speed demon. He already has four. Right. Actually, one of the cool things I, I got to do was color co- college baseball. I covered Trey Turner a bunch, and the dude's like a speed demon. Like he's okay. a, he can fly around the bases. So yeah, if if it was a case though where you were sacrificed bunting, yes, then you would absolutely be living. They're like, suck. hey, what are you guys trying to do? And it's kind of like. You know, they asked like the ninth guy in the lineup to sack Mont, you know. Right, 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 right. You know, They're not so asking not- Bryce Harper to get up there and bunt. Yeah. Right. Um, I have a question for you because before we get to any of the stuff we have to get to, I have a question for relationship advice for people listening. We give parenting advice. We give sports advice. We give all of it. In your marriage. Yes. Do you, are you and your wife totally forthright with the money that you spend? <laughs> meaning, meaning, like, like if you go, does she by- need to come tell me that she? Yeah. No. Or if she does, does she ever try to hide it from you? No. No, no. You guys have a value. Uh, yeah, you guys have pretty, a healthier relationship. Yeah, than my my wife, because my wife will go out and get something, and I'll yeah. be like, "Hey, that looks like a new outfit." And she's yeah. like, Oh, it's old. And I'm like, "Wait a second. And I'll like see the tags. I'm like, "Hold on a second. But I'll do the same thing, which is right. where I'm guilty because we have our sneaker showdown. I've been amassing a nice little collection on the low, on the low, right? Dang. So I I keep them on like the back side of the closet because <laughs> uh, she doesn't come into my closet. So right. I keep them on the back side. This morning, I was so mad at my daughter because I came downstairs and I was trying to just like get out of Slide, the house, yeah, just go through. Mm. And my daughter goes, "Dad, you got new shoes." Blowing like, your Those spot, are cool. yeah. So she <laughs> totally busted me. And then my wife was like, "Oh, really? They're new?" I was like, "Well, yeah, so, but I raised the money from selling other stuff on." So Park. if if you got a new pair of shoes, right? Yeah. She, is she out there right now going? No, it's not is it that tit bad. For tat? It's not that it's bad. Not, okay, all but right. the next time she buys something, she'll be like, "Well, you just bought new shoes." <laughs> so, so that's how you go. The bed. So you have the better advice. Be open about what you're spending for sure, and uh, don't waste all your money amassing a sneaker collection. If you're in my case, all right. Russell Westbrook <laughs> went off last night. Yeah. He had a historic 20-20-20 game. Uh, it's the most impressive triple double you can get: 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 21 assists. Only second player ever. Uh, to have done it since Wilt Chamberlain did it in 1968. Uh, he waved off a substitution by uh, Billy Donovan with 104 Fantastic. left and a 16-point lead just so he could get the two more. Did that bother rounds. you? Um, no, because – well, here's – all right. So here's uh, what I want to get to. All right. Now, be honest. because No, it would if there wasn't anything to do it for. But right. when you hear him after the game and you see the emotion, like it was a real raw emotion when he was yes. talking about Nipsey Hussle, obviously mm-hmm. the, uh, the rasser, rapper uh, and entrepreneur who was you know killed. It was a tragedy, an awful tragedy that happened in Compton. When you saw what it meant to Russell Westbrook, I was like, all right, if he wanted to do something to spe- uh, to shout out his boy, right. kind of pay his respects, just do something special, then I'm totally okay with it. What I'm not super okay with 
and I wonder what Adam Silver feels about, is that Russell, when he was asked about it after the game, he said all the stuff, this was for Nipsey, which is great. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, it's a raw emotion. It meant a lot. And then he said, 2020-20, right. you know what it means. Correct. That number. And so, obviously, people were doing the speculation that it was a shout-out to the rolling 60s Crip gang that Nipsey was a part of, mm -hmm. which I'm really curious to know if Adam Silver is nervous about that. And if, uh, I, I tell you what, to be honest with you, if I'm Russell Westbrook, I might be a little bit – like, I'm sure he wasn't thinking about it in the moment – but man, there's some crazy stuff that goes on with some of these gang wars. I don't know if I'd be shouting out any any side. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he was necessarily shouting out a side as much as paying respects to like a fallen a fallen uh uh like philanthropist in the community and stuff like that, and a guy who meant a whole lot to to that area. So I, I don't I don't really know that he needs to have concern. Adam Silver, um, potentially, but I think it was benign enough to where if you weren't in the know, yeah, you you it kind of went over your head. Um, would you have had a beef with it if it wasn't a tribute? If he was just chasing the yeah, 2020? I, yeah, because I don't like that type of thing in a game that doesn't matter. It just seems like it's too selfish now. So, you, do you have a problem with it? So I'm kind of like, like the Rick like Devin Davis Booker one. when, but Devin Booker was trying to go for 60 in Utah. Yeah. And Quinn Snyder was calling timeout and like fouling him so he couldn't get it. Right. Like good for Quinn Snyder for doing that. See, yeah, I hear you. But 2020, 20, it's, it's really interesting because Russ is like this. He's not polarizing like, like, he kinda some, is, but though. he is a little bit, right? And so, you, you talk about records that recently you didn't think were going to be touched, right? You got Wilt scoring 100. Yeah. You got average in a triple-double. He's about to do that for, like, the third straight year. Yeah. Uh, and now you're talking about a 2020-20 game, and he's and he's done. He's got two of them. Like, he's he he's he's accomplished two of those feats. And so when I say that, I say I don't really have a problem with it. You know, there was still a minute and a half in the game. The game itself wasn't a blowout. It looked like a blowout at the end. But it was a pretty tightly contested game. The Lakers played hard. They played well. There was still enough time left on the clock where I don't really mind it. That is a very significant, uh, statistical, like, uh, error that you're in now. That's not just a 50 point game I want to add to my resume. Like the 2020 20 game is something that you're, you're not going to see again for decades potentially. So I, I'm okay with it. Do you know why I don't have a problem with it? Cause I like Russ. Yeah. I like the way he plays and I have a hunch he wouldn't have done it if this wasn't the situation. You know what right. I mean? I don't think he would have said, no, I'm, I'm not coming out right. coach if there wasn't something that he was paying to. I could be wrong. Maybe he would have done it. Maybe he does it again, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I like the way there he was a good, the there game. was a good moment between, uh, him and, um, and Billy Donovan after he had waved him off. And the other reason I really like it is cause like, those aren't points. You're going for points. That's one thing. Yeah. You're going for hustle stats. I don't got no beef with that. Like right. that's a, you, and that's he didn't a do anything stat. like toss up and miss no. it on purpose. He just went yeah. and got he went and got rebounds. Um, but he had a good moment with Billy Donovan afterwards. The camera like panned to them over there on the bench because Billy Donovan probably didn't understand exactly what was happening. Right. And only got waved off. And if you're the coach in that situation, you're like, oh, there's national TV. He just waved me off. What that? Right. The heck? Show you up. So they went over there and it was, it was good. You could see Russ kind of explain it lightly. And then, and then there was like a bro hug type of deal. And I think everything was cool. So, you know, I, I liked it and I really enjoyed Russ's post game, uh, when he was talking to Jason Terry, who did a really good job. By yeah. The, yeah. The players yeah. only stuff. Yeah. Jet did a good job, but, uh, I, I like that he, he kind of, Russ is one of those guarded guys sometimes. Uh, he'll give you his, his, like when he's angry, but this was just a little glimpse into the softer side of Russ, like the personal side of Russ. And I, I appreciated it. What's the hardest thing for him to get? Yeah. The twenty the twenty points I think is the easiast. Is it assists, assists or rebounds? Assists. It is. That's I mean, hard. a rebounds is tough for a guard just because right. you're out there with six elevens all over the court. Like that's really, really difficult. But he's so athletic and he's got such a high motor that I would imagine, you know, if you give him enough time, he could probably get twenty rebounds. Twenty assists is you're, you're not relying on someone else to finish. You know right. what I mean? Like it's it that's a 
you know, I don't know, 60 Raja, points. Raja, is there someone on the bench who's, like, telling him how many, like, points, rebounds, assists that he has? Because, yes. like, how does he know what's happening? So there's, is there a guy who does it? Yeah, a lot of arenas have it, like where you can see your 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 totals. But there probably would be a a a guy behind the bench, like I don't know, a fifth assistant or your player development guy or someone that's sitting behind the bench. That's like, hey, bro, you you know, you're two away from like a 2020 game, you know, right? Or you could be like Andre Kirilenko, who I played with, who had a running total of his stats in his head. He was he was just keeping track of it all the time. Andre Kirilenko would come out like in a timeout, no one thinking about the the, their personal stats, right? And he'd look over and he'd be like. I got two more assists than that. You're like, bro, how did you, how do you know you got seven assists? He was upset at he the was, scoreboard. Yes, at the scoreboard. Wrong. And would lobby the score for like his, I, he would sit in the, the post game locker room and be like, I got to go talk to the score. I got two more assists than that. Like, I just, to each his own. Andre's right? my guy too. Did I love, have, did he have incentives in his deal? Or I love something? AK. Uh, I don't know. He just, he had that mind where he knew exactly what was happening all the time and he had his stat line. That's crazy. I mean, the way I was, Kind of like my dad would always be like, you know, I don't want you to know how many yeah. points you have, what your boy, how many at bats you've got, how many touchdowns you've thrown, or how many yardage. Right. But when I got to Florida State, they had the scoreboard up there, and I was always kind of like, oh, okay, it's getting right. close to three hundred, yeah. getting close to four hundred. <laughs> like you kind of know what's going on. Now you don't make a big deal out of it, right? But everybody kind of knows where you are in that, yeah. in that situation. Human nature. Yeah, for sure. All right, so good for uh, Russell Westbrook for showing out. Uh, the Warriors, as I mentioned in our start of our show. I, I got the bet. You were you wrong. Did. I was right. They laid eight and a half, and they smoked the mm-hmm. Nuggets, 116 to 102, to secure the two-game lead in the West. I think it's kind of what we thought yesterday. Like, does it even matter where they play? They're obviously probably going to get home court throughout now. They're just so much better than everybody, which I think hurts the league. But I also think it shows that the Nuggets weren't the second-best team truly in the West. Yes. Um, here's here's why I was really hopeful that the, that the Nuggets would come out and play well last night. And I, I, I didn't think they would win, but I thought they had to be competitive and they weren't. Cause here's what I fear. I don't know where Houston is in this, in the standings right now, but if they're four, you're going to see probably the two best teams in the Western Conference in the, in the semifinals. And I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Denver cause I do believe them to be better than almost everybody else in the West, except for Houston. I don't want to see Denver and Golden State just because Houston and Golden State had to play in, in the, in the second round or whatever right. that is in the NBA. So, I was hoping that the Nuggets would stand up, show some backbone, and say, hey, look, if we see you in the Western Conference Finals, this is going to be knockdown drag out. Um, and it's not. Okay, the Rockets are in third right now, so you yeah. probably get Nuggets, Rockets. So I'm fine with that. Um, you know, Trailblazers shouldn't really be making noise. They lost Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, I, that's just what I was trying to guard against. How many games do we have left? Five. Four or five games yeah. left. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out because there is a pretty good race, you know, with the Trailblazers a half game back from the Rockets, yeah. the Rockets, you know, a game and a half back from the Nuggets. Like, is there any shakeup here as teams try to jockey for position? Uh, the Jazz look like it's going to be too much for them to overtake the, uh, the Trailblazers. They're too behind them, but it's, it should be an interesting finish. Again, I don't think it you, really matters you, that much. You know what I said about, uh, the Nuggets and I don't, I don't mean to throw any shade at the Nuggets because they've been a fantastic story this year. The reason I don't buy them in the playoffs is kind of the reason I didn't buy them in last night's game. They don't right. have a guy. Yeah, They got a lot of really good players, like really good players, but they don't have a dude. They have a guy, right? A guy. They right. don't have a dude. Right. In the playoffs, you got to have dudes. You got to have dudes that what go, was your, go, uh, go get it. What was the system you used in Cleveland when you rated players? It was a one player was a was a dude. Yeah, like yeah, a there franchise. was a franchise. You're gonna build around dude. that guy. Twos were guys that were really, really, really good, um, and could like score a whole bunch of points. Which on, Denver on, has on on. Yeah, like they just don't have a one. They don't have a one. They don't have a, a a one is a guy who carries you to a championship. There are only a handful of those. So it's this takes me to a bigger conversation about max money. 
there there are only three guys I'm giving max money to, maybe right. four. Right. Like I'm just not. I understand that that's not the way the world works. Right. But when you're talking about a a a, a an era of player, a level of player that that would deserve max money. There are only a few of those. Denver doesn't have any of them, in my opinion. Like right. they don't have a guy that's just gonna win the game. So what do you think? Five one players across the league. You got LeBron, KD. You got Kawhi. Yeah, Giannis, Steph Curry. Um, maybe maybe more. Probably ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When I really dig into it, right. probably ten. James Harden, guys, that, yeah. guys that would. Um, and you've seen them be able to do that, but, but not as many as wind up getting max deals. I don't begrudge anybody getting their max deal. Right. Uh, I just, which I, is what makes the Warriors so insane because they have two ones in Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Woods, but Clay Thompson is a two. A two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, like, a very good. Teams. Exactly. We're talking about upper level. And they got two. Boogie. What's Boogie? Boogie would be a two. Right. Um, just talking, I mean, they're all all-stars. I mean, but sure. Another, another top tier two guy. I mean, he's coming off of an injury when he's at his best. The only problem for Boogie is when you're talking about a one, his team would have had to, that all-star right. level would have had to translate into wins and it just didn't necessarily do that for Boogie. Right. Uh, Denver's final, uh, five games are San Antonio, Portland at home, at Portland, at Utah, and then Minnesota. So it'll be interesting to see if they can hang on to that two spot. I, I thought it was interesting. I, we probably got to go to break. No, we got time. You, See Kevin Durant last night. I did not. You didn't see Kevin Durant. Kevin no, Durant got ejected again. So he did. He, yeah, so, so he's still hot. He's maybe he was mad about the fine, which I was going to get to. Maybe. Okay, that's a good segue. Cause no, cause him, and, him and Zach Zorba, like Zach Zorba, kicked him out of the game. Kevin Durant mouthed something at an official that was was pretty bad. Like he mouthed something at the official that was really really bad. And you know, I know we talk about it all the time. And I what did it start with? Uh, an F or a B or both. <laughs> it was a B A M F. Okay, yeah. Right. So it, was, not a good one. <laughs> it wasn't a good one. <laughs> not a good one. I, so, it was interesting because we talked about their reaction the other night when they yeah. were playing the Timberwolves about the end of the game, how they felt like they were getting slided, and we were right because we thought Draymond would get. It was the most egregious, like the thing that would bother the NBA the most, right? And Draymond got a thirty-five thousand dollars fine for quote making statements on social media which impugned the integrity of NBA fishing. Nah, nah, I need my money back, son. Really? You don't Show. think he deserved no. it? I need my money back. What I put out four characters, four letters. I yeah, but everybody knew I what it was. And I it's referenced the most egregious no. thing you could do. You take that to a court of you law, better. you're going to be convicted. You take that to a jury, they're going to convict you. No, that's he, beyond a reasonable he better, doubt. He better have a son that's name initials are MK or TD or some like one of his. Shout out to Timmy Duncan and Michael Klein, my agent. What up? <laughs> that could have been it. I mean, but seriously, Maybe he's a big fan of Michael Kors. I want, right, I want my money back on that one. The other he ones won't I get understand. It back, really. He, I would take that to the player. Would. Like, uh, we would go to whoever represents the players in 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 those type of matters. I would petition. I'd want to go in there and fight for my money back. Because to Draymond's defense, he didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. Like he didn't say anything. It was all because of these cryptic tweets. Steph Curry was got the twenty five thousand for both uh, his actions when he pointed at the ref after making the three and Fair. the public statements where he called him the uh, MVP. MVP. That's not good. And then Kevin Durant was fined the least fifteen thousand fine for publicly criticizing officials. Fair also. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. I right. just don't know the how Draymond you... thing is, but I, but I had a hunch that they you were, were right. most offended you by that. Right. But I, I kind of agree with you. Like if I'm Draymond, I would say, hey man, you can't prove that. Yes, like, there's absolutely. no way you can do that. Even though it did come right after the game, probably the first thing he went in there I, did. I, I thought it was br- it was a brilliant like way to yeah. navigate the whole scenario, the like scenario. And not get fined to avoid a correct. Well, like, Draymond also his reputation probably isn't helping him at all. You know, and that's when that's one of the things that's not fair. So I think you should fight it too. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. We were talking about Russell Westbrook. Now mm-hmm. we move on to Russell Wilson because he is in the final deal, which is crazy when you think it has one year remaining on the fir- current four year, $87.6 million deal that he signed after the first couple Super Bowls, one he won, one they lost, obviously. And I can't believe how much time has gone by. Like I yeah. thought that was like a long term, like lock him up. And then here we are just a year away. Well, Russell Westbrook says, hold on a second. I don't. Russell you know, Wilson just did it. <laughs> I was going to do it. God. I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> Russell Wilson has yeah. said, all right, I don't want to go to free agency. You guys don't want me to go to free agency. I don't want to test the market. So let's get something done. But if we're going to get something done, it has to happen before April 15th, which not only is a tax day, but it's also the day that they report for their offseason training workouts. Which right. Every franchise quarterback would be a part of. Some players skip out on it, but they want their quarterbacks there. You do a lot of throwing. You do some timing, rhythm, and you're, you're the leader of the team. Right. They expect you to be there. So he says, nope, I want it done before April 15th, uh, with, uh, as reported by the Seattle Times, who had knowledge of the discussions. I think it's interesting. I have no problem when a player... Uh, see, I think like the way Antonio Brown went around his whole situation, Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, just talking it out too publicly... I think this is the way you do it. You kind of leak it to a source that's credible. And I'm sure it's, you know, he's already, he's obviously doing it, but I have no problem with a player wanting more money and trying to tap into some leverage, which is, Hey, I'm not going to show up. Now, does it change? Does he go all the way to training camp? Does this become one of those things like a Le'Veon Bell situation? Right. I don't know if that'll happen, but if I'm the Seahawks, I am absolutely saying, all right, let's talk. Let's get something done. Cause you don't want to risk losing Russell Wilson. Cause if he hits free agency, there'll be, a dozen teams out there lining up saying we'll pay them. So if I'm saying Seahawks, I think it's the best for both uh sides of this party to get this done. So at the end of the day, you imagine they 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 that 15th April 15th deadline, they're going to feel the pressure to have to do something by then. I don't think it'll happen by the 15th. I wish it would. Um Teams don't in the NFL, old school, you know, old boys club. They don't like being told what to do. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, but I think it'll get done sooner rather than later. Like I could see it happening before May 15th. Because I think they'll want to see, all right, let's see what he does. Right. You know, like, let's see if he doesn't come in April 15th. Well, what does he do? That's my thing. Like, if you're going to make a threat. Right. Now, he could always say this report's inaccurate. You no, know, so he kind of has that out because it was reported, okay. it was, you know, with sources. He could come and he could just say, hey, that was erroneous. I'm going to be a Seahawk no matter what. I have a hunch that he does stay home. Like, he's he's earned it. He's at a point in his career, too, when he's played seven years, he's 30. He doesn't have to be there every day. Like, he doesn't need to learn the offense. He doesn't need the reps. It's helpful. And if you're, the, you know, like I was saying. Tom Brady missed there. it last year, right? Exactly. He sat at home. So it's not too crazy for a quarterback to miss it. But you kind of want him there. You know, like, so if he does stay home, it's not like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? It's just a subtle power move from Russell Wilson to say, let's get this done. Right. Um, You think he cares if he's the highest paid quarterback? You think he wants more than – what do you think he winds up? What do you think that deal well, think should look like? I think he's worth it because, as we said yesterday, we were talking about Julio Jones. I think it's all timing, and I think he's the best quarterback right now who is up for a new deal. So I think he should. Like, I think it's just the way things flow – so Matt Ryan is the highest paid um in the league with guaranteed dollars at signing with 94 million. Kirk Cousins is at 84 
Aaron Rodgers, 79. Matthew. So I, I would put, man, 94 is a lot. But I think, I think Russell Wilson is better than Matt Ryan. I do. So like, too. and I would, if I'm the Seahawks, I would say, yes, he is better. Like if, and if I was him, Coke and I were talking about this before. I would, I think Kirk Cousins set a pretty good market and a good idea. They say, all right, Kirk Cousins got three years fully guaranteed at 84 million. So 28 a year. If I'm Russ, I'll say, give me four years fully guaranteed at 30 a year. So you're looking at million. 120. Let's make it even. 120, four years locked up. All guaranteed. Fully Starting. guaranteed. And I think he has the, the leverage to do that because he is proven. Because if he does hit the open market, he might actually get that. And for NFL players to change the current structure of, of – They a, need guys like Russell they, Wilson. They have to, to have quarterbacks do it. Right. Because, I mean, as I said, no one liked the way Antonio Brown did it. Le'Veon Bell – uh, got his hand played by the Steelers because the Steelers were like, he's not going to sit out. And Le'Veon was like, yeah, I'll sit out. And they both looked at each other and nothing got done. You know, Le'Veon Bell missed out on $14.5 million. The Seahawks would never let Russell Wilson sit out a year. They just can't afford it. They can't afford it. Is there any part of Russell Wilson? I was looking at his stats and, and last year, like, he's, I he's mean, insane. 20th, in, but, but they really handcuff him in Seattle. They yep. don't, last year, they keep, he was 20th in the league in pass attempts. Right, but he was awesome in touchdown passes. So Correct. they were more efficient. They didn't ask him. What I mean, actually think is better for Russell Wilson's long-term viability. Sure. That they're not asking him to throw for 5,000. Quarterbacks 000. might not think like that, though. So right, my question true. is, there is there any part of Russell Wilson that you think feels like he's handcuffed some to some degree there in Seattle? Or is he is he happy? There is a rumor that's reported. I know Coke is going to get mad at me because he's not a huge fan. There is a rumor out there. The Colin Cowherd started on FS1 that said he had heard that Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle, that he wants to try to go to New York because really? Sierra is a you know big star. Oh yeah, she would be more comfortable in New York. He wants a bigger market, wants a bigger exposure. I don't know if it's true. I, I don't know if it's true, but this is a little bit like hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, like, you know that he did it at this time. That maybe maybe he's saying if you won't pay me, maybe there's you know trade talks because I think. Again, I think teams would line up to pay him. I also think teams would line up to trade for him as well. Absolutely. And here's what Maybe I would. Maybe two first round picks. You, I would. You took it a step further when you put a deadline on it. Right. You didn't come out like every other NFL no, player says, I deal. want a new deal yep. and we need to get this done before, before the before, season yeah. starts. Yeah. You, you put a fifth, uh, April 15th, which is just a little extra step, a little extra, you know, tooth that you put into the demand there. It just, it was interesting to me. Here's, if you want to go play in New York, fine. Don't be making career moves around around. Right, that's life. what I hope. I mean, right? but but you know how it goes. Some guys they get whipped and they're sitting there and they love having the wife and that she's a big time star and she starts tugging on them saying, "I want to be in New York." They might say, "All right, I don't care, let's go." Listen, happy happy wife, happy life. I'm right. with that all right. the way. But he's got a really good thing going. He's got Seattle. a career also, right? And you're really good at your job. So don't don't let. That affect your career. I'm not saying it is. I'm, I would hope that that, that's not a, 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 it might be. I mean, it, and it also, it might be him saying, Hey, I'm kind of buried in Seattle. Like it's not a great market. That I I'm want cool. a bigger that, star. Yes. I want to, if I could play in New York, you know, Hey, call the Giants up there. You know, Eli's getting older. They're thinking about drafting a guy. You know, let's, let's move the six pick and, you know, a couple of your next year's first round pick. Right. And we'll package that and give us Russell Wilson. Like you never know. What could happen? How much time do you spend in the state that you play in? So, like, how much time do you think he spends in Seattle? It depends. Or is now, it just like, you know, the NBA guys, like Kawhi just bought the house in California and everybody thinks he's going to Cali, but he plays for Toronto. So is it the same in the NFL? It depends on your stature. It used to always be 
and this is what I hated because I, I told you the story about the other day is that I was in the car as soon as I was out of there. Like, sure. as soon as the season ended, I was off to Florida. And then it's, you know, like the latest date we'd have to be back. It used to be like March. You'd have to be back in the city kind of training. Yeah. And even still, I would go back and forth. Like weekends, I would go back to Florida because you don't have to train like four days a week. Right. So I would go back to Florida every weekend. I think it bothered some of the teams that I played for. Like, why doesn't he live here year round? Really? Why doesn't he here, you know, at the facility, maybe putting in extra work? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, it kind of speaks like, and I'm, I take some of the blame for it. I think I should have, but now the, the, uh, collective bargain, uh, the CBA, the new CBA says you can't go until April. Like they bumped it back. They got more time off. Right. So it's not unusual for guys to go three months somewhere else. It is a little bit unusual for a quarterback. Like you said, Tom Brady. And there was a lot of speculation that that was kind of his middle finger to Bill Belichick for the trainer stuff, and there was friction in their relationship because mm-hmm. that was the first time he had done that. Mm-hmm. Most quarterbacks will be in that city from April, you know, through, and they might leave on weekends. They might keep someplace else. Sure. You know, usually like two weeks before training camp, they give you off so guys will get out of there before they come back to the city. But it's pretty typical where guys will be in the, you know, they'll reside in the city they play in. Seattle. Dennis Green, remember Denny Green yeah, from sure. the Vikings? He was one of the epic guys who was like, I don't care when I see you. Just be ready to go at training camp. Right. And if you're not in shape, we'll cut you. You know, and it was great. Like, cause nobody wanted to live in Minnesota, January, February, March, April. It doesn't get, you know, nice there until June. Right. So he was like, I don't care. Just go show up there. Green Bay, I think had a little bit of a similar policy. Like, Hey, it's, it's kind of cold here. You know, you guys can train somewhere warm, come back. Uh, you know, as long as you're here for the OTAs and the training camp. So it kind of varies on teams. Let me ask you a question. If you are a, Team looking for a quarterback in this year's draft mm-hmm. at the top of the draft. Are you calling Seattle? Are you? Yeah. In, if I'm are, the Giants, are, if I am, um, who else? Oh, the, the Arizona Cardinals. If I'm the Raiders, absolutely. Right. Just absolutely. in the water. Yeah. Like the Raiders are a good one because they have Derek Carr, who's pretty good, but he's not Russell Wilson. You, and then if I'm John, multiple first picks. They've proven to be players. Like they're saying, hey, we're all we're going to go get Antonio Brown. They've got three first round picks. They could package two of them. Yeah. And say, hey, you know, maybe we'll tra- maybe trade Derek Carr and, and something yeah. else. That could be really interesting. Yeah, I was. I don't know. But. Does that do anything for Russell Wilson, who supposedly wants to go to New York? Yeah, I don't you know. know. I, and it's not. I don't think it's a better situation. It's definitely not a stable franchise. Now, maybe he wants to go to Vegas. Uh. There's a lot of stuff that I think we're speculating on that we don't know. But I think it is interesting that you've got this kind of situation developing in Seattle. Let's see how it unfolds. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, they held uh, held workouts for both Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday and Monday for both of them. Mm. I think it's kind of a smokescreen. I think. Every team, probably the top five teams that are in the market for a quarterback are going to bring these guys in. Yeah. They're going to work them out and they're going to do their due diligence. And it's also for, it might be real, but I think it's probably a smoke screen just saying, Hey, we are interested, but you know, if you want to call us, we might do something. I don't think they take either one of them. That's my hunch. I just don't think so. I, w- I would love it. I would love for them to. Tr- I don't. I don't think they do make, take Dwayne Haskins for sure. I think this is all about Kyler Murray, but it goes to the smokescreen. They're going to bring them both in. Hey, we're considering them sure. both. You know, so they want to just look at them both. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if they made the move for Kyler Murray. I would be floored if they made the move for Dwayne Haskins. There are some gamesmanship there for sure, and I, I could see Kyler uh, uh, more than I could see Dwayne. Also, you know who this is a terrible look for? Who? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. It's this just is a tough. Terrible. And it's, it's tough on guys like Derek Carr, on guys like Josh Rosen, when you're seeing all the speculation and all the supposed trade rumors and would you move on from this guy, I do think it's, 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 it's impossible terrible. to insulate yourself from this mentally. So it's going to affect your confidence. It's going to affect your relationship with Mike Mayock and John Gruden because you're like, man, you guys really thinking about it? There is nothing that they can say to Derek Carr right now. That's, that's going to pacify this. Derek Carr will forever believe he's not their guy. It's, now, what it's if, a, got, who's not, who didn't work him out? 
Right, right. Name me the teams that haven't worked those two out. Right, a lot. Like the Chiefs, they didn't work out. They got Patrick Mahomes. Patriots, nope. Seattle, nope. Any team who likes their quarterback, they ain't working them out. I'm working them out. Um, I do think they probably have come in and said, this is for show. We're just doing our due diligence. You're our guy. But I do think there's some damage done to the relationship. Why do it? And maybe when it goes past the draft... Then you can breathe a sigh of relief. As obviously, I think Derek Carr would, and Gruden and Mayock will probably say, "See, I told you so." Okay, well, show. But right now, this second, I think it hurts his feelings a little bit. Absolutely. And I, I would be too. I would be in the same it. boat yeah. for sure. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. So there was some unfortunate news that kind of developed uh, in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours, as the AAF, uh, the new football league, obviously was started by Bill Polian and uh, Charlie Ebersol, uh, has ran into some speed bumps to Ugh. say the least, uh, and it stinks. Like I was a fan of this league. As a former player, I think it provided great opportunity for guys like, at the end of my career, I would have done it. Sure. I would have said, hey, sign me up. I'll play. I don't care what money. I just want to extend my career, mm-hmm. put some stuff on tape. I did it in arena ball. Like, I would have done it for this league, too. So it's really an unfortunate circumstance, the way it unfolded. Um, I think what happened is this uh, – the league owner, Tom Dundon, who came in and kind of rescued the league with this $250 million commitment that he had uh, when they couldn't make payroll, I think he played them. Like, you watch Billions, right? Yep. I think this was a Bobby Axelrod move. Like, I, I think he came in, and he saw something vulnerable, and he said, all right, I'm going to come in and, quote, save it. But there's a lot of speculation going around that he wanted their gambling app. And now, like, that the league was kind of struggling. He was like, hold on a second. I'm not going to keep shelling out money. It's not working. I'm yeah. going to shut it down, and I'm going to take the app with Got me. Got the intellectual like, property. It sounds, like, pretty nasty. And the dude's pretty cutthroat. I mean, he's obviously a successful businessman, uh, businessman but... I think it's pretty a wrong. The app already exists, so it's not intellectual anymore. Like this is a real app. Like this I, is just like I assume the, the, so. I mean, but it's you know, and then Bill Polian, who I you know, I've I was I worked with him for a while in the broadcasting business. I think this is as mad as you'll see a quote from Bill Polian. Like to me, I think he's seething, and I think this is him like being as controlled as he can. I am extremely disappointed to learn Tom Dundon, that's the hedge fund guy mm-hmm. who uh, owns the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, has decided to suspend all football operations of the AAF. When Mr. Dundon took over, it was the belief of my co-founder, Charlie Ebersol, and myself that we would finish the season, pay our creditors, and make the necessary adjustments to move forward in a manner that would make economic sense for all. The momentum generated by our players, coaches, and football staff had us well-positioned for future success. Regrettably, we will not have that opportunity. I think they got screwed over by Tom Dundon. Yeah, they got that's played. The, that's the bottom line. They got played. And, it's, and it stinks for the players that are kind of the victims in this situation because they're the ones putting their bodies out in the line. They're the ones financially that needed it the most out of anybody we're talking here. Yeah. You know, when they signed, you know, three-year deals for seventy, eighty, and $90,000, that's a lot of money for young guys who are struggling just to make it in football. Um, so it's just, that's, that's the biggest bummer to me. So when I came out of school, I played in this, I was drafted in the CBA. I didn't get drafted in the NBA and I went to Yakima, Washington. I played one year there, not nearly like $30,000 a year. I don't even know what I made. It, it was like week to week you were, you were making money. And so I, I did need that money. Um, and you know, it was providing a platform for me to potentially play in the NBA. I had to do it again for a second year. Isaiah Thomas bought the league and folded it while we were all living where we were living. So there's no more payroll. There's no more plane tickets to get you home. I'm in Yakima, Washington. Now, lucky enough for me, um, I had a family that could afford to bring me home. I had friends that were stuck in Yakima, Washington. Yeah. League folded. You're, you're across the country up in a, in a truck stop in, in, in Union Gap, Washington, and you can't get home. So, you know, I feel for some of these guys, not just because their professional dreams may have detoured and, and you don't know where you're going now, but, but, you know, for real life circumstances, like the, 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 
the Best Western wanted their money. Yeah, it's it, you know we were like we don't we don't pay that. I don't. I, what do you want me to tell you? We're kicked out. We can't get home. Right. It's uh, ruthless. The players uh, from the AAF are now being forced to pay for their own travel back to their respective home cities. It's tough. Which, you know they're going to struggle with that. There's going to be some guys that are buying they can't even buy gas. You know, seriously, they're, they're, the three year guarantee or non guaranteed contracts worth seventy in the first year, so that's what they're making seventy grand. Mm-hmm. Which you know it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good living. But some of these guys are living paycheck to paycheck. They've never made a dime, and they're trying to figure out how do I make this money last. You know what's crazy is that the words of wisdom came from from Johnny Manziel, who tweeted out yesterday. He said, "If you're an AAF player, obviously he just joined the league like two or three weeks ago." And the league does dissolve. The last check you got will be the last one you get. No lawsuit or anything else will get you your bread. Save your money. Keep your head up. It's the only choice at this point unless something drastic happens. Just the reality of this unfortunate situation. Great concept. Great football on the field and fun for fans to watch. Just not enough money to go around, which has been the problem with other leagues for a long time. Which does like What's crazy about this is we've seen this story before. As we've seen NFL Europe. We saw the UFL. I don't know if you remember that. It was like a, oh. it was pretty vague league. It lasted for a couple years, um, but there were some pretty big name coaches in that one. Folded after a couple years, couldn't survive. So we've seen three examples at minimum. There's been others. Three examples of football leagues folding, and we have two more launching in a year. The XFL, and then Don Yee, who's Tom Brady's agent, is starting another league that's going to allow guys to go straight from high school to play. Wow. I mean, uh, it's insane yeah. when you think about it. I don't know why. why. Was the USL, USFL yep. was the only one that ever really made the intended. NFL nervous, and you know right? why? They had stars. Well, they could buy, they could buy them. And they had money. Right. They, because they were buying guys like John Elway and Doug Flutie. Sure. And, you know, Eric Dickerson, Eric Dickerson go there. I don't no, know. Maybe not. Eric like, it was kind of before my time, yeah. but I, they were paying dudes. Jim Kelly, I think, played. Like, it was the big, see, and that's what, you know, if you wanted to really do it right, you'd have to have a lot more than 250 million. Whoa. And you'd have to be able to sign not only maybe lure away a Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tonga Valova. That's what you, maybe you go to Patrick Mahomes. Who, yeah. You know, and say, hey, Forget the Chiefs. We'll give you money now, and we'll give you two hundred million. Come play with us, right? The face of the league, and you don't just need one. Then you've got to surround him with players. It's just really financially, it's tough. What it boils down to, I mean, I get, it sounds really simplistic. You, you can't go up against an NFL, an MLB, no. an NBA without stupid bread. You you can't limp in there and hope that something's going to work out and you're going to grab a foothold and we'll see what it looks like after six months. You have to be able to just bleed and hemorrhage money and throw it all around right. to get some of those guys to come over and then maybe you got something cooking. Yep. I wonder if the XFL has called them up and said, hey, maybe we do something together. Like, Because uh, there was been a lot of speculation that they would merge anyway. And I'd be curious to see what happens with them. All right, let's move on to uh, Gino Ariema, the head coach of the women's UConn basketball program, the Dynasty. Uh, obviously, they're in another Final Four, which is no shock to anybody. But he had some really interesting co- uh, comments on coaching today's mm-hmm. player, mm-hmm. which I think is as challenging as it's ever been. Sure. And I think he's spot on. He said, because there's there's a couple of University of North Carolina's women's programs under Whole investigation. Staff. Whole staff has been suspended. Georgia I Tech has been fired. Um, there's a lot of accusations from players that they're being verbally abused and, you know, in some cases physically abused, I believe. Um, but his quote, the majority of coaches in America are afraid of their players. The NCAA, the athletic directors, and society has made them afraid of their own players. Every article you read, this guy's a bully. This woman's a bully. This guy went over the line. This one was inappropriate. Yet the players get off scot-free and everything. They can do whatever they want. They don't like something you say to them. They transfer. Coaches, they have to coach with one hand behind their back. Why? Because some people have abused the role of coach. He's spot on because he speaks a lot of truth to coaches being scared. But I love that he backed it up. 
because he said, why? Because some people have abused the role of a coach. Because right. there are some instances where yeah. it has been egregious. Yeah. But now, if you coach up a kid too hard, male or female, they're going to go complain. And that presents a problem because it, it's a coaching style that has been – that has worked for a lot of people, that does work. I was chewed out. I never had a problem with it. I know some people don't like it. But you usually you know when you're being recruited what type of coach you're going to play for. Like just watch their games on TV. Sure. If you don't like it, then don't go there. Yeah, that, I, I think we talked about this before. Picking picking who you play for, uh, whether it be in college or high school or wherever you have the opportunity to pick, pick you know, you do have to make sure that you, you can – work with that person that their style fits your style that's a big thing there are a lot of guys that go to schools girls that go to schools and they realize that their personality doesn't mesh with with the head coach you've been recruited by an assistant you know what i mean but the assistant isn't the one yelling at you every day in practice so you have to make sure that you work with that head guy um yeah some people have abused the position um which but generally though that it's harder than ever absolutely i think it's virtually impossible to coach it is and my 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 style is when i coach and i coach you i'm i'm loud i am loud yep i am tough i am i it's the way i was brought up it's the way i know how to do it i i think you know what word i really don't love and i i I, at the risk of sounding like really intense i don't like the bully word i think it gets used way too much now Mm -hmm. i do i there are bullies yeah get me wrong and some of those cases are, are tragic and there's no room for that but not everyone who who constructively criticizes or is tough on someone and holds them to a standard and holds them accountable is a bully that's not bullying like i want to know where like who's making the call as to what is what is uh over the top in terms of let's use izzo in, in a guy's face the other week like did any of his players around him seem to really have an issue with that not one no so who's making the call that that's over the top and it's too much you have to base it on like i'm tough on my kids right but you know if you love them up and you have good relationships with them and you're personal with them and you're asking about them and you care about them and they know that most most of them are okay when you're tough on them and you hold them accountable and you set, you know, you set rules and you expect them to live up to those. Do you know right. what I mean? That, that, and that's kids, what you're judging that off of. I think most kids want to get coached hard. They want to be pushed. They want, remember we were talking to Bill Cowher and he was saying the how good ones do. There are right. some that have no interest in it. Right. I see it. And it's the not cut level. out for them, but I, that's what life is like. If things, if you can't handle it or you you're not built for in the work, you're not built. Then don't play. Absolutely. I think where it comes from, the criticism is, a lot of times it's the media, which leans a certain way, yeah. and they're trying to move society a certain way, which is more gentle, which is more respectful, and not as, as firm as everything else. And I think it's from people who have never played. You know, like those yeah. two things, I think, well, are the problem. The voice of the person that's never played is way more prevalent now. You right. have more access to and, that voice, right? And they're most and, of the people in the media. Yeah, and it's, it's that has not helped. And who's to say, this is just society, who is to say that the pacification of all these kids, because it's happening. Absolutely it is. That's better for us. It's not. Who's, who's to say? There's no. We haven't seen those kids grow up and be adults yet and have to lead our country. Right. We haven't. No. What if they turn out to be complete pushovers? And right. we're sitting here in 15 years like, oh my God, we pacified a whole generation of kids. It was the worst thing we could ever do. They are. It's already happening. Like kids are struggling to get jobs. They're struggling to keep jobs because at some point you're going to have a boss who's going to say, you know what? You're not producing and he might not chew you out. He's just going to fire you. I'd rather be chewed out every single time than be benched, you know, or get fired or get cut. I'd rather have a coach coach me up like that. You know, my, this is specifically to my boys, not, not the ones I coach on my travel teams or the high school teams. This, these are my children. I take them in the backyard. We work out. There, there is a level that I expect you to be working at. Now, you don't have to make every shot. That doesn't happen all the time. No right. one does that. You don't have to be perfect on anything you do. But you must be working your tail off. You must be giving me 100%. All right? And, and you have to be here and engaged. If they don't, they get it. 
and they really get it. Yep. And my point to them is I'm your dad. I love you. Right. And I will do everything to prepare you for what this real life is going to look like. And when you get out in the world, that guy who's talking to you and, and who's expecting from you is not your dad. And he's not going to tell you he loves you. So if you get used to getting it from me and understanding that you have to work at a certain pace and give forth a certain effort to, to receive the, the benefit or the reward, then when you go out in the world, you'll be fine. But that's my job. And I'm going to hold every other kid because I hold him to that standard. When I get the rest of them, I'm going to hold them to that standard too. So if any parent comes to you and complains. And, say, my son what? gets it worse than anybody. Exactly. That's the, right. that's the best way to do it out there. I, on the other hand, I had my first coaching foray into basketball with my daughters. Who yeah. Teams. Yeah. I had my, both my, uh, my 10 and 11-year-old on my team. I was the nice guy. I tried to – I almost – I went too far of let's have fun. Let's just enjoy it. And I wasn't hard on them. You yeah. know what they did? They walked all over. Yeah, yeah. They were talking while I was talking. They right. would talk back to me. I don't want to come out of the game. Next season, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to the Rajah Bell right. School of Coaching. <laughs> They're going to be like, what hit us? So, I'm coming and I'm bringing it. I'm bringing me, the heat. Let me tell you. So yesterday, fourth grade practice. Okay. My, I have a fourth grader too. I have two new kids in my practice. Both of them are big guys. All of my kids are conditioned to know you go get your water, you bring your butt back, you're standing there, we're ready to go. Don't be bouncing the ball because I'm about to start talking and I can't talk while you're talking or bouncing the ball. So... These two kids sit up in the stands with their parents. Don't come back. Now I realize really quickly, oh, I've never, they don't, they don't know. Like they right. haven't been around. So I yell at both of them, yo, Carter, hey, get over here. Get, get your butts back on the line. And their moms are like, everybody else is standing over there, right? And we're going to get back to work. Their moms didn't have a problem with it. They just weren't used to it, right? Right. Next water break happened. Guess where those kids were standing? Oh, right, ready to go. Right, right, ready to go. No problems. Nobody had any beef and our practice continued to roll. If that mom doesn't support that, if she's not with that, then everything goes to – I basically have to tell that kid he can't come back because right. it starts to wear away at the fabric of what you're doing as a coach. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So those kids are fine. If, if you give them rules and you hold them accountable and you're willing to hold everyone accountable, there's no problem. It's transparency. Here you go. What's your uh, sixth graders rank in the country? What do you guess, like third or fourth? They were fourth in the country. We lost in the finals up at Spooky, so I don't know if they dropped us. You guys but are top ten in the country. Yeah, we got some really good players, man, and they've come a long way since. You know, what, you know what my girls' record was? <laughs> oh, and eight. So I think your coach's style works better. We don't need to see any of play out in the future. We saw results right there. All right. All right, welcome back, Canel and Bell. So Bryce Harper was in D.C. last night facing his old team, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no love lost. The fans were booing him throughout. Healthy boo. A healthy, a healthy boo. Like, that was one of the most. That was one of the loudest boos you'll ever hear. Struck out in his first at bat. Mm-hmm. Nationals Twitter account comes out and says, "Yo, home, smell you later." Yeah, smack yeah, him. yeah, oh. yeah. Take that. And we were talking. Oh, Scherzer's bats. dealing. Yes, Scherzer's dealing. It's two strikeouts to start the game. Would you think that he found out? About it, and then later in the game, game was in hand. Ugh. He goes yard, and it's great hit. But wait till you see the bat flip, because yeah. I thought it was one of the most egregious, offensive, disrespectful bat flips that like you've this. seen in the Ta-ka. game. Watches it, pips yeah. it out, yeah. pips it out, then flips it, grabs the like, barrel. Oh yeah, like this was this was premeditated Ugh. bat flip. Yeah, premeditated bat flip that Bryce Harper did. This is offensive. If I'm pitching for the Nationals tonight, he's catching one right in the ribs. I, I was going to ask you, is, it, will they do that? I mean, that was a. Here's why I don't I think they play actually this afternoon. Here's most. Sorry, most yeah. bat flips come from the handle. Oh, I, he he grabbed the barrel and whipped that thing. This was the only thing better would have been Pedro Serrano around the <laughs> yes. around, the, around the yeah, like take that. <laughs> he would have. He did. This was premeditated bat flip. Uh-huh, this was, was not because I don't have a problem with it. When you, if it's a game winner and yeah. it's emotional and you're just, wow, you just lose your mind. Yeah. That was premeditated. You don't think that was emotional for him? It was, right. but it wasn't as emotional as it would have been for a game winner. Okay. You know what I mean? All like right. spur of the moment. 
I think what will be real interesting, I think this is great for baseball, actually. Like, I love that he did it, but I think he's got to be prepared to wear one. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if it'll happen or not. If it does. Does he fight? Oh yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll do the baseball thing where they clear benches and they call, come shove. Will he fight? Yeah, I think he you probably think will. Out there, you think it'll punch or it'll all be for show? It depends on who the pitcher is. Right. And I think it'll tell you a lot because there's a lot of different stories that come out of their clubhouse from when he was in the sure. national. I thought there was dysfunction. Uh, David Sampson was like, the players liked him more than people thought. Uh-huh. If they go after him and there is a brawl and he's ticked, I think it'll tell you all you need to know. If they don't and they let it lie, then I think, all right, you might be onto something. Like maybe might, it wasn't that bad. I, might watch I know, right? It might, that's why I, I think it's, watch that's baseball. why I think it's good for baseball. Yeah, uh, for no. that line there. Um, Channing Fry has recently retired uh, from the NBA. He said, when he retires, I'm rich. I'm a champion. I'm 35 and retiring, and I'm living a great life. So if you think I suck, I'll see you at LA Fitness in a year, mother bleepers. Boom. That's a great line. Boom. That's one of my all-time favorite like retirement lines that Boom. I think I've ever heard. That's fantastic. I love it. And do you like? Here's, here's the thing. I don't know if you win anything in that one yeah, because that? it's great if you go out there and ball, but what happens if the odd chance that you get dunked on or nah. you get to look bad? Somebody's going to have it on video. Nah. Here's the deal. There are a lot of guys that think that they could play against an NBA player and do that. <laughs> right. Channing Fry, if he is still in shape at 6'11 or 7 feet, it ain't happening. No one. You get me right now. I come into a gym. I don't right. look, a guy got me in Long Island. I was at LA Fitness playing with my son Dia. We got, we jumped into a men's game. I was terrible. Right. Dia was working, but there was a kid fresh out of Baruch College was giving me straight buckets. Really? But I'm 42 years old and I can't move. Right. And a healthy NBA player just, you're, you, you're not serving him at LA Fitness. Believe that. Really? Yeah, oh, really? You know, it's funny that he called it LA Fitness because you were talking about player in there. I used to work out at LA Fitness here in Fort Lauderdale uh-huh. where we are locally. Scotty Pippen used to come run a little bit. Yeah. But he was like, he would always play it cool. Sure. Like, I'm just going to run. I'm kind of shoot out some threes. That's what you do. And you, there, I think, but there's always that hero. There's always that dude that wants to be the guy that did something, either blocked you right. or dunked on you. It's probably the, the thing that's probably more concerning if you're a player is getting blocked because that's where you get hurt. Like, yeah. you know, if you're gonna, try, if the kid's gonna try to dunk on you, just move out of the way. Be like, hey, well, you do whatever you want. I'm not gonna try to block your shot. Right. But if guys, you know, trying to block it's you, the, it's that's the try hard. It's the try exactly. hard guy. Cause what that leads to is, hey man, damn, you elbowed me in the face. And you're like, brother, you've been fouling me for the last seven minutes. Like, I, I didn't try to elbow you. Your face is in the wrong place. And now it's, now it's a, a, a physical altercation. So that's what, you run the risk of that if you're in there trying to prove something is Channing. But trust me, if you're out there and you think you're gonna run up on Channing and LA Fitness and serve him, you're you're mistaken. All right, let's set the stage. Sneaker showdown. Here we go. Wednesday. What do you got? Uh so what I have is a original Kobe five, two thousand and ten, I believe. Um made Get by Brian. Out of my shot. Uh, my, in your shot? I'm yeah. in your shot. Where is my sweet spot? Right there. Yes. All right. You got the what? I got the Travis Scott edition, the Cactus Jack. Those are dope. These are pretty dope. Let me, let me those make. Are hard to find. Those are, see. Those but, might be impossible to find. You can't find. These are original. <laughs> These were not re-released. This is an original shoe. Um, so quick backstory. See, this Nike, just kills me. Nike never allowed an ID for a signature shoe until 2000, and, uh, until the night, to the Kobe 4. That was a year before this. Only 24 pairs every day were allowed to be ID'd. The ne- I could never get one. I tried over and over. The next year, they allowed you to ID his Kobe 5. Brian Zettler, our trainer for the Jazz, did these for me. These were game-worn, uh, one game with the Jazz. Kobe you always four. come in with Kobe a game-worn. Like, that's the hammer. You're hammer to beat that. Those are, fi- those are fat. Are pretty those fire. are nice. yeah. I took off the tag. I should have like, left it off. They're kind of... Suede? I too. Yeah, these All are right. tight. Let us know who you, you may win. Like you better. Win.